Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us on another episode of the MV Traveler podcast. Tonight, we're going to keep on trucking through our history of Halloween Horror Nights with 1997, 1998, and 1999, which starts the trend of uh, more themed events but still predates the era of icons. Joining me today is Gage. Hello, Gage. Hello, Michael. Uh, and I want to say, sorry, this this podcast, this episode will come out a day later than usual. Um, some exciting news has come over the last week, uh, and things are, so there, things will be consistent every week, but might be a little jumpy as far as what day they arrive every week. Um, so more to come on that. Well, I'm sure I'll, I'll give a bigger uh, shout out to my situation in the next couple weeks definitely yeah yeah exciting stuff very exciting all right so let's jump right into 1997 known as halloween horror night 7 frightmares took place at universal orlando with the catchphrase you'll never sleep again uh there were 10 event nights this year general admission was roughly the same as previous years um uh, which we said on our last podcast was about $35 to $40 a ticket, depending on if you bought it at the gate or you bought it, you pre-bought your ticket. Uh, what's cool about this year, houses began to range and Universal tackled a variety of original works. So this year's mazes included Tombs of Terror, uh, Universal's Museum of Horror, Hotel Hell, and Midway of the Bazaar. Um, and then scare zones, although not specified, uh, there was a big area of the park that was just called Frightmares after the year's theme. Um, and so a single attraction uh, wasn't exactly listed as part of the actual park this year. Um, and what I mean by that is there was an attraction that kind of predated Universal's monster makeup show and also was in the spot where... Uh, Universal's Monster Cafe, Classic Monster Cafe, is currently operating um, still today, and that was called Stage Fifty Four House of Frankenstein, and this was essentially like a showcase for a horror movie. So I don't, I don't know if a Frankenstein movie came out that year, um, because I saw going on to ninety eight and ninety nine, they changed it. So ninety eight was um creep uh creep show and then 99 they did the mummy which released that year um so that was a cool little touch they added kind of start bringing in their ips um and their properties a little better into the parks and like i said last episode you know there's a lot of there's obviously not a lot of change that comes each year but it's it's fun to kind of see how they developed like i realized after the last two episodes and uh, prepping for this episode they didn't actually call them scare zones until 1999 but yeah. they had all these areas yeah i mean this one I'm, I'm looking at you know the list of everything it says this one scare zone you know in quotes was midway of the bazaar yeah so i mean it sounds basically just like uh, what goes on over at the simpsons area yeah Exactly. Um, and that was kind of that that one specifically was consistent, um, at least over these next three event years, 98 and 99 or 97. Um, so cutting into 1998, formally titled 
uh, Halloween Horror Nights 8, Primal Scream. The catchphrase was, the last scream you'll ever hear. Uh, there were no icons. Um, yeah, these are kind of cheesy these couple of years. Well, these... I mean, it reminds me of uh, Aliens. No one can hear you scream in space, or in space, no one can hear you scream, or whatever the yeah. one was. And it's just, like, super, like, it takes place in the 90s, though it feels so 80s. Yeah, definitely. Um, and this one actually, this event actually doubled its nights. It operated for 19 nights. Um and admission topped out this year at $42. So that was general admission price to get. That was the bare minimum you could pay um, to get into the park um, on an event night. Uh, houses included the Museum of Museum of Horrors, which um, was a sequel house called Chamber of Horrors and Unnatural History. And then Hell's High, which I didn't find much information about that, but... A fan favorite premiered this year. It was the SS Fritanic Fear in First Class and Carnage Crew. Um, and that, I know, was a really popular one that made a return in recent years. Um, yeah, I uh, well, for Hell's High, I have like a little synopsis or whatever. Oh, okay. Uh, it mm-hmm. says, a trip through a high school where a slasher film is being shot. However, when filming stopped, the villains kept going. Um, that's all there is that I have for it, uh, but that mm. that's a little something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, that's interesting. They they really like to play with the uh, the high school theme. That, I mean, you know, that's what it was. That's what it's for. It's not it's not for the kids or anything like that. And so they they're trying to find their target audience. Yeah. Being high schoolers. I mean, it, it, it is. It's high school through, what, late 20s, early 30s, pretty yeah. much. I mean, it's really more college forward, but um, mm-hmm. it, it if you're, yeah, I feel like it just, it aims for that audience. Um, and what year did Scream come out? Would that have had effect on? Um, I want to say possibly? Scream was 97. It's one Google search away. Yep. <laughs> Scream 1 was 96, 97 was Scream 2. Oh wow, that was quick. Yeah. They <laughs> they knew they knew where the money was at. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't yeah, I guess I don't know how much of a an effect that had um on the event specifically. Yeah, this was before they were buying up all those IPs for their houses, mm-hmm. so I mean, maybe they just had to go generic for it. Yeah, maybe. Um, This year, there were no specified scare zones at all. Um, I believe Midway of the Bazaar did make a return as a scare zone, but it wasn't obviously labeled that way. Um, And the Universal Studios Classic Monster Cafe that we mentioned in the previous year actually opened in 1998. Um, And Midway of the Bazaar, I'll side mention... Uh, function in the area where London now stands and where Jaws formerly formerly stood. So moving on to yes, uh, moving on to 1999, our last year for this episode, uh, titled Halloween Horror Nights Nine: Last Gasp. This year's catchphrase they had two catchphrases. It was Sayonara, and a ridiculous ridiculously long one. Save your final breath. You'll need it for screaming. 
that must have been a fun marketing what strategy yeah i was about to say like can you <laughs> think of that man like okay. oh my god we'll talk about a mouthful it was like a different... every ad yeah <laughs> it was a different time that's what i try to consider you know like people that... actually read in 1999 <laughs> what is reading you know yeah <laughs> dates were crazy this year uh, and by crazy i mean crazy awesome because i wish it was still like this so they had weekends in october um, the first two weekends were normal. It was like uh, Thursday through Sunday. And then they did 10 straight days, October 21st to the 31st. So every night the event happened. Um, and general admission was, again, $42 on average. Um, no scare zones, uh, no new scare zones, I should say. And the mazes included Psycho, Through the Mind of Norman Bates, Insanity, The Mummy, and Universal's Creature Features in 3D. Oh, and uh, a house called Doomsday. Well, I mean, it's cool that they finally started integrating. I mean, I mean they, they have two properties there, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, Psycho and... Was the mummy like the mummy, the mummy, or is it like, uh, I don't know if that's like based off the movie or the ride at that time. Was that a thing back then? Or is this based off of the like original mummy that I would, well, that would have been creature features, wouldn't it? I don't know. Hold on. I got IMDb. (laughs) Um, I just pulled it up too. (laughs) Um, The mummy, the movie, the one we all know as you know, the modern mummy, um, did come out in 1999. So that could very well be an IP for the a, year. A promotional tactic as well. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the ride itself, the mummy ride actually opened, um, several years later, um, somewhere in the early two thousands. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, well, you know, I wish they still had a psycho house. Uh, yeah. Uh, especially because that seems it seems like such a really cool concept especially with Bates Motel out or I guess it's finished now but whenever it was out it seemed like such an obvious route to go but you know Mm -hmm. whatever whatever um and I'll just add I didn't go over the shows for either of the years 97 98 or 99 season um but there were various sideshows, little, you know, magic acts, dance groups, um, and then Bill and Ted's uh, adventures continued through the years. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. And I feel like we'll say that every time it's mentioned. I was say, like literally every time, man. Did you ever see Bill and Ted? Not live. I saw a few, um, of course, like online recordings of the show um, that I loved. But no, I did not make it to see one. I know. <laughs> so shall we jump into a little more exciting topic? Um, the the present Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, and the one I'm most excited about, the house that we're going to discuss today, is Poltergeist. Uh, I've seen some footage of the house. I'm so excited to experience it myself. And it really looks like a classic IP haunted house that they really did right. Um, I know we talked about Stranger Things before the event opened for the year, 
and we had some high hopes and reviews have been kind of mixed on the house so far. Um, I guess not in terms of design, but in terms of scares, according to other houses this well, year. I mean, pardon my interruption, but... Uh, no, go ahead. Well, with Gigi, she's not available right now, but... Uh, she said that even the design, like except for one or two of the rooms, wasn't all in that inspired, um, mm. which is super disappointing because you had all those pictures come out and it's like just those pictures are the cool things, you know. And yeah, uh, she was com- she was saying that the only scares were the Demogorgon uh, scares, um, mm-hmm. except like there's one part where Hopper hops out, but no pun intended. Um, he, he <laughs> jumps out and he's like, go that way. I'm like, you're just yelling helpful advice to me on how to get maneuver through this house. It's not scary. It's just, <laughs> you're being a good guy. You just bring <laughs> thanks as you go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, again, I haven't been there. She was very underwhelmed by it. So, I mean, whenever she gets on here again, I'm sure she'll have plenty to say in terms yes. of stranger things. Uh, she loved trick or treat though, but Stranger yeah. Things has been, um, which are those are the two houses that I believe we have all talked about at this point leading up to this week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, she just said it was underwhelming. So, um, and did she get a chance to do Poltergeist or not yet? No, she was planning on going tonight until uh, she got hurt at work. So, uh, mm. Yeah, she she's planning on going sometime soon to do Poltergeist because she's that's like she said that's one of her favorite uh, horror movies, so she's mm-hmm. really looking forward to that one. Yeah, that's one of my favorites for sure. And I just uh, I was just looking that movie's thirty six years old this year. Wow, to think that's how <laughs> that to think that's how old that girl would have been. I mean, because the girl in Poltergeist isn't around anymore. She, she no, got, she was. Um, I don't know how old during filming, but yeah, she's been in her forties now. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's a situa- it's a really bad situation with her. A, a terrible story, but you know, uh, it, it's it's disappointing. She died at the age of twelve. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, of a cardiac erect and septic shock. Um, so Jeez. it's crazy. Yes. Sorry to be depressing. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we, we like to get emotional on the show every now and then. That's all right. Um, I guess we should talk yeah. about the house now, right? Yeah. The house is <laughs> about to jump right in. Um, I did, like I said, I got a chance to see a little footage from the house And just the design of it is really cool. Um, Spoiler warnings, of course. Uh, They started the house, so you don't start... um, You don't exactly start in the house itself. They set this house up... I think they did the same thing with uh, the Stranger Things house, but they set this one up as if you were going through the movie. So... um, the movie opens, I think, with at least a shot of coming, like, above ground to see the house. Like, you can see under the house, underground, or it starts with some sort of title sequence, I want to say. And um, so you start the walkthrough of the house right. underground, and yeah. you get your initial scares, which is really cool. And then you go into the house, and it's like a presentation of, like, 
the title um, with the girl, um, with the young girl facing the TV screen, like the iconic scene in the movie. Um, and then you kind of just wander through the house for a little bit. You see the the clown doll. You see um, some familiar scenes. And then they go into something that was not really shown in the movies, but they that's what I think I love about this one um, from what I've seen is they've gone ahead and they've delved further into the lore of Poltergeist, which was kind of explained, you know, they had spinoffs and sequels and stuff like that, but it like touched base on the original. Um, and it puts you through those like, those like linen scenes from the movie where like the linen that's like the drapes that are everywhere and that orange glow yeah. is kind of like the passage into hell. Um, and they put you right into the middle of that and they give you tons of scares, really cool like puppetry. Um, and it, it just makes the house more, um, I guess, more fe- well-themed than yeah. some of the other stuff I've seen this year. You know, and that's something I was wanting to mention because I, I've seen a lot of videos and from what Gigi has shot and what uh, uh, other people have shot. Like right now I'm watching uh, Inside the Magic's video, which uh, no shade towards them, but it's it's kind of shaky. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but puppetry has been a big theme through a lot of the houses this year. They really upped the usage of puppets yeah. in, in this uh, this year's uh all the houses and the mazes so mm-hmm. and and the strobe effect like the strobe lighting has always been an issue i I've, I've never been a fan of strobes um but i feel like they just keep showing up more and more in in, in these houses mm-hmm. um but to go back to what you said you're talking about the orange linen like basically the, you said the pathway to hell or passage yeah to hell. like i'm I'm current. I'm like right now looking at it, and it's, you know, just so that way I have, uh, I can see, I can say what I see, and it's it's crazy how involved the because uh, there's that giant skull puppet in there, as mm-hmm. well as the scare actors that just can shoot out of anywhere, and you can't see them because it's just you know, it, it's easy to pop out of linen uh, out of the cloths. Mm-hmm. I, I I love just the overall style of this house um it were you and i did halloween two uh a couple years back and it gives me that kind of vibe uh uh, just in involved with the storytelling inside the house which a lot of houses don't do uh storytelling while you're inside there because yeah. it feels like you're going through the movie, uh, not the whole thing. And same with The Exorcist two years ago, by the way. Um, yes, that was a good house, too. So, I mean, it's uh, it's a situation like that where, you know, I'm, I'm ranting a little bit here. But it's doing a good job of storytelling and, like, you're living the movie uh, as you're walking through. Which, uh, th- those are the ones I tend to be more a fan of versus... Like uh, Stranger Things, for example, where it is just a highlight reel. Yeah, and I mean, I know we keep bashing Stranger Things, but I I like when they take that IP and they expand on the Like I was saying earlier, they expand on that story, and that's what Poltergeist does this year, um, from what I've seen. 
but Stranger Things does not, um, because perhaps because it's a new show, perhaps um, there were some limitations in terms of what Universal could do with it. Um, it just feels like there's not much there. There's not much texture to it. It just, like, it gives you the familiarity and it doesn't portray the scares or what could be, you know? Right, and I'm not, you know, like like you said, we're not trying to bash Stranger Things. It's just with a show that has so much depth to it than what's on the surface, it feels like Netflix may have had a hand in how this was shown, maybe, uh, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. I mean, it, it really does feel like they told Universal exactly what to do, and that's why their name is on the in front in front of it it's netflix's stranger things yeah it was never i don't think it was ever amc's walking dead or no uh fx's uh american horror story so it's things like that that you that i look at whenever we go through these things because i feel like american horror story always did a really good job um and we, and they did three different seasons per like for the past two years, like in yeah. each, each one, it was three various seasons. Um, and I mean, I, I was never a fan of the walking dead one. That one was garbage, but <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's a thing like they, sh- I feel like Netflix kind of big manned universal and told them how to do their job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that, like I said, that probably has to do with, the limited, uh, you know, number of seasons they have already out, and perhaps there was some, there were some things that Universal was like, "Hey, do you have any Easter eggs we could put in? Any like uh, foreshadowing we could do?" And Netflix might have been, um, or at least the show producers themselves might have been a little um, standoffish towards it, maybe because something is coming in season three. Um. And maybe they just, or maybe they just really wanted to stick with the originality of season one. Well, overall, and that's kind of the thing. I understand that the kids aren't scary, but they are what makes that show so authentic. You know what I mean? And there's a great lack of the kids in general in that in the house. There's you see eleven once, and well, you see a actor play eleven. You see Mm -hmm. one, and then there's a puppet of eleven. And then there's just the, I think you see each kid one time in the house. And it's, yeah to me, that's incredibly disappointing because they are what they, though you should see them as you go through, like you're going on that journey with them. And I think that would have made it a much better house. Like, yes, you could still have all your Demogorgon scares, but the kids were always there for them, you know, mm-hmm. like where's dead Barb or anything like that. There's so many opportunities I feel were missed. Um, because they didn't stick to what made stranger things such a good show. And that was the relatability to these kids, regardless of what era they're in that those kids and like their older siblings and then also Steve Barb, like I said, that those people are what made the show so, uh, relatable and, you know, a, a hit. Demogorgon is the scary thing, but you should go on the journey with the kids and stuff. So, but you know. I'm going to go on forever about that. So <laughs> <laughs> I think the the bottom line is I with this house and I'll bring it back to Poltergeist. Um, the main difference I think is 
that they didn't um, they didn't hint at familiar scenes. They didn't like do a little nod and a wink at familiar scenes um, in Stranger Things. They kind of just went, okay, this is what you remember from the show, and here it is. As opposed to Poltergeist, you know, it, it's many many years older than Stranger Things by 35 years um and so they can do that kind of thing they can nod at familiar things like the clown doll and um the very rare appearance of the demons and um the underground and stuff like that and you still can go through and have a new experience of a classic story um and that's stranger things is just it's too new to do something like that already Right. Well, I mean, I, I I agree with you, but I also disagree in a way, uh, just because that there's a whole season of Stranger Things, you know, like they with mm-hmm. Poltergeist, it's yes, it came out 35 years ago, but it's one movie. They're using one. I don't know how long it is. I'll say hour and a half, two hours uh, thing versus the. 10 hours of Stranger Things that we had from season one. Mm-hmm. So while I do agree with your point to a point, I do feel like they could have done more still. And, you know, it, it, again, it's, it's nothing that we can change. It, it doesn't matter, but <laughs> I don't know. It's I'm still just, fun. I yeah. Mean, that's what you go for. You go for, you know, the fun, but uh, we're both storytellers. So, it we'll drives me crazy whenever they don't <laughs> tell the story. Oh man. It's like when you go through a house, it's like it's like watching a trailer for the movie. Um and you could have a really good trailer or you could have a really bad trailer. Right. Um, and I mean and even with that, you don't want a trailer that shows you everything, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's and that's what Stranger Things did. It did a highlight reel of everything. So you see how it began, you see how it ended, and that's it. I mean, there's pretty much nothing in between. There's mm-hmm. no there's no real substance to chew on there. Yeah. And I remember like going the uh, 2016 when I did um, seeing The Exorcist and Halloween 2. And going through those houses, I was like inclined to go see those movies after. Exactly. Um and I think that's that's the best takeaway when you have an IP house is if you have a desire to see that movie after you go through the house, then they did a good job. Yeah, yeah, 100% agree. All right, so I think we'll end it there. Uh, thank you, Gage, for joining me again. You're welcome again. <laughs> uh, and we will see you guys next time on the MV Traveler podcast. <laughs>